Welcome to the Rock Your Purpose podcast, home of the Rock Your Purpose revolution. This is the place to find inspiration and life-changing tools to awaken your authentic self and activate your purpose. Inspirational speaker and international teacher Emily Perry will take you behind the scenes in creating your own purpose revolution. So get ready to rock your purpose, lead your tribe and manifest your vision for your life. Here's your host, Emily Perry. Hey there, welcome back to the Rock Your Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Emily Perry, and I'm so glad that you're here and you're choosing to share this space with me and our special guest today. So Katanjali Hemp is our special guest, and I'll introduce her in just a moment. But before we dive in, a couple of things. If you like this episode, as you're listening, take a screenshot of the episode and tag us in your Insta stories. We would love to see what part of the episode that you really enjoy. And it also helps us just know you're listening and what is really lighting you up and inspiring you. On today's show, we have our special guest, Gatanjali Hemp. Gatanjali is a master energy healer and the founder of the Centaur System, a deeply integrative, evolutionary energy healing modality that awakens consciousness, inspiring sustainable change. Through it, she works with clients and students to help them cultivate awareness of their subtle body and most sacred selves increasing their capacity for meaningful contribution and fulfilling expression in their lives and work. So she really supports people in finding this sense of, of purpose, right? And this, again, as she puts it, like fulfilling expression. So it's such a beautiful work that she does, and I'm so honored to have her here. She brings over 20 years of study and training with master healers from some of the world's richest traditions and cutting edge healing modalities. She has spent decades in active practice, both as a practitioner and a teacher, and she leads retreats, workshops, 18 month professional trainings, virtual courses. She facilitates ceremonies and women's groups and so much more. And there's nothing that she loves more than helping people learn how to access and embody their unique brilliance and create their life and the world from that place. It is her deep honor to bring this inspiring life and world changing work to you. So I'm excited, so excited to have her here on the show. Let's dive into that interview. Well, welcome, Gatanjali. I'm so glad to have you here on the show. I'm so glad to be here. It's just such an honor to have you here. And so for those of you who don't know her, you did hear her bio before we started this interview. But, um, you know, here locally in California, you're really well known in terms of, you know, some of the trainings that you offer in meditation and evolutionary consciousness and some really, some really beautiful work that you do. And so I was just wondering, like, how did you get to where you are now in terms of the way that you serve, the way that you show up? Um, and how did you discover the work that you are doing right now? Yeah, it's been a long journey. It's been a lot of years. It's um, going way back. You know, I think it's always been there for me on some level, this interest in um, the mystical and the healing arts. And really, it started as a teenager. And um, in college, I took more classes in healing and energy and chi movement and different things like this. And um, it was always a strong calling. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's so many details about 
about how I got into it. And I think what happens for a lot of us is that there's a compelling and a calling and there's also sometimes hardship that kind of opens us to that exploration. And that was definitely true for me. There was different personal things that were arising in my life and um, uh, seeking and searching for ways to regulate and stabilize and find meaning really brought me into the healing arts. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think so many of us, I mean, like, even like with me, with acupuncture and um, mindfulness and meditation, even as like a teenager, when I really started getting into um, some of this, some of these concepts, like there was, there, I knew there was something more, there's more happiness, there's more joy, there's something more for me out there. I just couldn't put a finger on it. So it definitely kind of led to that, that sense of, of curiosity. Yeah, one of the things that was happening for me, I know, is I remember having a lot of thoughts as a teenager and kind of looking around me and, and realizing that um, there's more going on than what people were talking about and that people weren't doing it very well. <laughs> but, you know, like, like this human thing. Uh-huh. Um, and just being like, hmm, like how, you know, I really, and so my longing at that point was really to have a teacher. Like I really wanted a mentor or a teacher and to have some direction because I felt like, yeah, there, there had to be more. Um, Mm -hmm. to what was happening with this experience of being human and having a life and how we were relating and connecting with each other. And yeah, so that was a lot the drive. And so did you from there just study different modalities and with different teachers? Did you you actually find a teacher that you could follow for a while or like how did that unfold for you? Yeah, at first, you know, um, I kind of got into this conversation with, with, I don't know, the divine, I guess, for lack of a better way of framing it or saying it. And my first teachers at that point really became nature. Like it really felt like, you know, I kept getting called to go to the ocean. I lived near the ocean and to go there and I would walk there and I would kind of pray there and there'd be these impromptu meditations and that kind of happened. And I did seek and look for other teachers and slowly bit by bit, they did start coming. And Mm -hmm. um, I taught and I, I, I got taught and was trained by many different teachers in many different modalities and spiritual traditions. And, um, it was a really rich, process and time very multi-layered and still to this day nature is probably my primary teacher and just my direct relationship to that oh wow and so how did it all come together for you when you started feeling like um you felt compelled to share like what you have been putting together for yourself and your own work and your own practice and um how did that start to come together for you in terms of like you, you feeling like compelled to, because now you're known as like this teacher. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, how did that come together for you in terms of stepping into that position or in that role or, or serving in that way? Yeah, I think there's a couple layers to that too. So um, when I would, when I was training and in these different spiritual and healing traditions and paths, oftentimes I would get asked to assist and then asked to teach. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of part of my own constitution is definitely that. And so at that phase, I was still learning, but I was learning how to teach, you know, under mm-hmm. these mentors and things. And so I taught a lot of different modalities and a lot of different disciplines and um, learned a lot through that process. And um, what happened as I started developing my own body of work was that I would be teaching, you know, in these different programs and I'd be teaching, you know, some acupressure or Chinese medical theory or qi, qigong and different things like this. And some of my students would also be my clients and they would say, you know, this isn't what you're actually doing in session with us. You're doing something more. Mm -hmm. And I would say, yeah, that's kind of true, you know. And um, when I had my children was really when it turned. 
I had started a little bit mentoring and teaching a little bit more of what I was doing, but it was still very small and low key. And then after I had kids and came back to work, I started really feeling like my time was very valuable and important. And I only wanted to be doing what I really wanted to be doing. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of, you know, made an ultimatum in my own mind, like, okay, in this next six months, I'm just going to do what I want to do with with clients and with students little by little slowly starting to go back to work and it's either going to take or it's not and it really really took so people um it was it, it was very uncomfortable at first to go up in front of a group of people and actually divulge what it was that I had going on what I was doing in these yeah. kind of abstract realms and be like look this actually works you know yeah and it was really vulnerable um but yeah so that that was kind of the process of it and then it just continued to grow from there people really responded well and the work continued to grow and develop I love that place too. Um, and I kind of got to the, my, that place in my own work as a teacher as well from a different perspective, but I love that place where it's like, either I'm going to do this mm-hmm. or I'm not going to teach it at all. Like I'm not going to mm-hmm. teach or I'm going to teach what I'm really called to teach. And I love that, that kind of moment. Cause that's when you start to get really clear, I think on your purpose and like that's when the work is like, it's almost like the work is getting a yes from you. And so they're like, okay, now we can flow, you know, like game on. <laughs> and so um, now you're known for Centara system and, and this whole beautiful like teaching that you, that you offer. But I, I just love that. Like when people get to that moment, I'm like, that's the moment where it's like, this is when everything's going to start. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. It's cool. And when you say that, I'm like thinking about how like, yeah, it's like this ripening, it like happens at some point. And I think, you know, like before that I was definitely teaching, but I wasn't teaching what I was meant to teach, but I was learning how to teach, you know, how mm-hmm. to break down curriculums, how to engage students, all of those things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that ripening that occurs when there's a real integration or synthesis. Yeah. Yeah. When it's like all the pieces like kind of come together and, and, and you, and of course, but it also takes you saying yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's incredibly, um, what is it? It's like, it's definitely challenging. It definitely is confronting and, and vulnerable at that mm-hmm. point, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it's like such work that's so like close to your own heart and yeah. so meaningful for you. And I think any, anytime an artist or, or someone who puts out work that's meaningful for them, you know, it's going to have that piece of vulnerability in it, but that's why it's so powerful. I think because it's so real, you know? Yeah. I've been talking a lot like in my communities about how I feel like, you know, the world's in a kind of crazy state (laughs) and how important it is for each one of us to really show up and who we are and, and that it is, it's so beyond our own personal significance, but that who we are and what we are here to bring and offer and being on purpose in that way is really, um, it's essential to the whole and where we're going. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to dive in a little bit about um, a topic of the, the wisdom of our wounds. You know, like I feel like right now at the forefront of so much of the conversation that we're having and like in teacher trainings with my students, my clients and um, on the podcast too, is this idea of, you know, of healing and trauma and collective trauma, personal trauma, all the, all the different layers that come with that. And I know you speak a lot to like some of the, the gift of that, like the wisdom that we can draw from that. And how does that show up for you and your work and with your, with your students? Yeah. So um, I really, really believe in the wisdom of our wounds. I really believe that that's our point of integration and meaning in our life. There's a way that sometimes when we're, when we're talking about 
you know, spiritual understanding, because a lot of the work I do is energetic and kind of spiritually based and healing based, is that there's this realm of undifferentiated truth where like it's, it's this absolute, you know, and it's a little bit disembodied. There's a oneness element to it. Mm-hmm. But as that truth becomes embodied, it, you know, as that crown energy kind of comes to, towards our root into form, into our life, into the tangible relational interactions and engagements of our life, it really comes through and differentiates through our form. And our form is a mixture of all of our experiences, our upbringing, um, what has happened to us that's both good and bad, you know, our ancestry, the stories of the people who came before us and what they have internalized and then passed on to us. And so really bringing that undifferentiated truth and allowing it to begin to flow through our unique perspective and being is what actually helps us bring that into the world. And that means going right through the places of our wounds and reconfiguring them through new perspectives and new understandings. Mm -hmm. So if we bypass those places, we kind of miss the place of landing that understanding in the world and engaging the world. And as we do land it, as we do integrate through those places that are wounded places and they begin to come into a greater coherence and, and um, integration, then we have these capacities to hold story or to hold understanding or to hold uh, a new level of knowing in the world around those issues. Mm-hmm. And that becomes our gift. And, and we can do it really specifically. And each one of us is like configured so specifically based on everything that we've ever experienced and been. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And we often talk about, I mean, I often talk about how like in our wounds, like when we, if we box off that part of ourself, we're boxing off like the gift of that as well, right? Like the wisdom of that, or like I call it like the jewel, you know, it's like, it's like, and so if we don't, if we don't allow ourselves to, to re-embody that or integrate that part of who we are, then it's like, we're missing out on the gift that has been kind of cordoned off. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And yeah, and from an, from an energetic perspective, there's a way that when we when we box off a place, it takes a lot of energy and life force to hold that contained, you know. Right. And there's uh-huh. a lot bound up in that energetic wound, and so there's all this life force that's just not available to us. And so we have these symptoms, and we have these feelings of exhaustion, or just not really being inspired in life, you know. And when mm-hmm. we begin to integrate that place, all that energy becomes unbound and freed up, and the flow gets so much stronger and clearer. And there's just so much like more radiance and luminosity and passion and clarity that can move into the rest of our life. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, it's like, yeah, you think about how much work it is to like, (laughs) to keep (laughs) it separated. I mean, it's just, it is a lot, you know, it's sort of like, like we're trying to keep these just different parts of our experience separated from like the different, from the present moment, you know, just thinking about how much energy it takes to to like keep blocking it, keep shoring up the walls, keeping things contained. Yeah. It's like, I can imagine like, yeah, you start to move through that and like the freedom that one experiences in one's life and the energy that, yeah, that gets unbound is, is pretty powerful. A lot of the work that you do is energetic and there's a lot of awareness and um, around energy and the work that you do and in your training, obviously in your story. And um, I love talking about energy too, in terms of you know, in this podcast, we talk a lot about purpose and meaning and, you know, showing up in the way that we feel called to show up and how our, you know, our energy will, you know, wherever we place our awareness or our intention um, is where the energy will flow, you know. And, and so especially when we're talking about these wounds, like if I'm not putting my awareness there or if I'm not allowing myself to go to those places, then um, 
obviously it's hard to heal or integrate those parts of my life. And in terms of like the work that you're doing and energy awareness and, you know, helping people really come into a sense of embodiment in their own form, you know, what are some of the, some of the ways in which you work with people in terms of like, yeah, coming home to the self, so to speak? Yeah, I think, um, and everything, when you were just speaking, there are all these different things that I was considering sharing. <laughs> and, and one of them is just this thought that um, a lot in the way that, that, I, that I tend to work with the energy is that I really believe in coming from a resource base, like that that's how healing really happens in the most um, efficient way. Mm-hmm. And so, so sometimes when I think about, about energy work or, or self-tending or working with our wounds, I kind of think about it like, there's, there's different, there's different approaches. So the first priority for, for me or working with clients is that we begin to build a really strong foundation of resource and resiliency in the system and in ourselves. And so those are the kind of nourishing, nurturing practices, like having a regular meditation practice or a regular yoga practice and really like tonifying our vessel, right? Cause we need that as the foundation. And then from that foundation, we can begin to turn towards our wounds and um and tend to them and then as we do that essentially what we're doing is we're really liberating the energy that's stuck in that place and allowing it to return to the greater flow that nothing is separate from the fullness um of our of our being of our own divinity and as we do that we get more and more on purpose and yes. so um and so these practices sometimes what happens is that when we first start practice there's a way that it feels really good and it feels really good and it feels really good and then one day it doesn't feel good <laughs> and, uh, and, and that process is kind of, for me, it's kind of like, I, I talk about it, like, it's like, you're kind of filling a barrel or something. Right. And then at some point there's this overflow and the sludge at the bottom begins to bubble up to the top, you know, mm-hmm. and then you kind of have to tend to that. And so, um, and then learning, learning the ways to do that and, and trusting and knowing that you've created a strong enough foundation that that wouldn't have arisen if the foundation wasn't strong enough, that there is kind of an overflow and an excess and an ability for your system and your, um, your mind and your emotions to be able to process whatever it is that's arising. Yeah. I don't know if that quite answers what you were asking, but <laughs> that, that, that's helpful. Yeah. Cause it's like, yeah, once we, we create the foundation of awareness, not, not just awareness, but also like the ability for our nervous systems and our, our form to handle you know, the energy or get, I guess, mm-hmm. um, more intimate with the energy. I mean, I think sometimes with people start really doing some of this work, they're kind of surprised by like the intensity of it, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's like, because it's their first time really being intimate with their own energy and like, and, and really having that kind of, um, refined awareness, you know, within the, the, their own selves and you know once we can bring that um yeah once all the that starts to bubble to the surface yeah if we get to get really clear and um from there yeah step into the world from the place of empowerment and i know like when people work with you they really feel that sense of like getting their life back you know or really empowered and so i know there's something you have um coming up called evolutionary leap and i was just kind of um you know googling around and and it just sounds really amazing to me, like this whole idea of doing some of this work so we can take that, that next step or that, that next leap um, in our lives. And can you tell me a little bit about that, like what that looks like for people in terms of like what's the evolutionary leap that you're speaking to? 
Yeah, so for the past long while, I've been offering these really long two-year trainings um, that are professional level, really immersive trainings. And I don't often offer shorter trainings outside of that. I offer, you know, meditations and all these other things, but I've been really feeling the call to offer something that's really short and clear and direct to um, to a large amount of people. And so I put together a six-week online live course. We meet once a week um, for six weeks in the afternoon via Zoom. And what we're doing is it's essentially the curriculum from the first module of our two-year training. And it really offers a lot of ways of stabilizing and integrating our nervous system within an energetic context. And so we work with you know our energetic constitution, how we find a resource base for us individually, because each of our energetic organisms are really unique and distinct and what works for one person isn't what works for another person necessarily and so beginning to learn our own um, constitution in that way and being able to begin to work with it and being able to also start to interpret that in others to see how we're engaging and relating and interacting so a lot of the tools are good for individual as well as for relational as well as for um, group work and so people Mm -hmm. can apply it personally and professionally and um, I think they're tools and skills that are really really applicable and accessible and useful particularly in these times there's a lot of polarizing going on in the world and I think they really help to integrate and help us come um, to be to work towards common goals and that feels really important to me at this time yeah yeah so yeah especially planetarily like what we need right now you know it's yeah. like common ground and also like being able to see like oh they they have this kind of kind of energetic constitution or they mm-hmm. they see things this way or this is what they need to feel you know, safe or secure or understood or felt or heard or or whatever that happens to be um that's so beautiful too because we talked I've talked a lot on this show too about how when we're really stepping into like a higher purpose or we're we're ready to take that next step and really up level our lives in that way it's sort of like we have to grow our nervous system to be able to stabilize that energy because it's like i mean i know for me when i've taken really big steps in my life or my work i'm asking myself to to be the person that I, I'm called to become it's often earlier than I feel like I'm ready to mm-hmm. <laughs> and to have these practices like in your, like an evolutionary leap where you get to stabilize your energy system so that when you show up, you can take that step into that next calling and um, be able to hold that energy and sustain it and maintain it and not feel like you have to do these things where we use you know, upper limiting behaviors that like, you know, that kind of sometimes can be not very helpful for us or go back into this old habit of, of dealing with, you know, energy or emotion or whatever it happens to be. Yeah, absolutely. Can't underscore the importance of that enough. Like regulating our nervous system is I think like the, like learning how to and being able to and continuing to grow into that capacity is probably the primary thing we need to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And and continuously being, being challenged in, in a good way around that, 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 that is our growth and evolutionary edge, you know, that lip is exactly that. Yeah. As we grow into more of who we are, we're always going to be, um, encouraged to reinforce that capacity to stabilize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over the years I've seen colleagues and clients and them um, and having opportunities or experiences that rush into their life where all of a sudden, you know, they get recognized, they get really um, largely published or, you know, something goes viral and 
something happens and and the, and all of them it was a challenge and some of them were able to stabilize at the next level and some of them weren't and then it kind of was a missed opportunity you know mm-hmm. until they grew into that capacity later and yeah they're they're tools that we continue to need to grow and cultivate and and I also like what you said about it's important for all of us and that it's this wave that's happening. And I think that's really true. And I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you, Emily, but mm-hmm. I definitely can feel um, the stretch um, in the recent past, just collectively like that, that um, there's a lot of opportunity and challenge and growth right now. It just feels like so much is moving and changing in the collective. And there's a lot of letting go and there's a lot of reorganizing that's happening. And, um, and it's definitely pushing me to new, new limits and new realms in good ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think for a lot of us, like, yeah, there's this whole kind of reconceptualizing, like what mm-hmm. we thought, you know, like, yeah. I mean, on so many levels, like, you know, you know, how we think of other people, you know, like the way people are showing up, what's happening on the planet, just environmentally, um, like the capacity for me, one of the big shifts has been like, just really being clear, like a lot of people just don't have the capacity for anything right now. People have no resilience. And so a lot of what we're seeing is like people trying to protect what they have, you know? Um, I feel like on one side of things, you know, there's a lot of this kind of like survivor thing happening where people are so stretched thin maybe in like, I'm talking mainstream US maybe. Um, and then on the other side of that, there have, there's like this conscious community that's really trying to stretch like um, and expand what they think is possible and their worldview and um, reconceptualize, okay, like how, like what's a paradigm shift that we're in, you know, and, and mm-hmm. how, what's the new paradigm being born, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's so many, there's so many different layers to what's happening right now. It's, it's, it's pretty intense. Yeah. And in that same way, as we were talking about in the individual, like if we are together, a shared organism, it's that same thing of listening to our wounds that a lot of the places that are, that are kind of atrophying or getting stuck and stifled in their ways are like a wounded part of our greater organism. Mm -hmm. And that the challenging thing for those of us who are in a more integrated state is to reach back and to feel how we welcome that into the greater flow. And, and that's, that's a challenging, um, nuanced dance. And, um, and, and then that takes even more stabilization of our own nervous system and to be able to, what we call it sometimes is that, you know, in the early stages, we're just tending our own system, but over time, our field begins to grow and begins to digest and integrate the space around us as well and provide that for the people around us. Mm -hmm. And so we get to begin to really co-create and generate what, you know, um, and transform some of what's happening in the collective as well as we deepen in our practice. And that becomes our purpose. So it all kind of like ties into each other. Yeah, it does. It's so it much does. bigger than just us. Yeah. 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 It's so beautiful. And yeah, so being able to reach back, I love that metaphor too. And like, and welcome back those parts of, you know, mm-hmm. the shadowy parts, the parts that, again, the, the wounds that need to be healed and, and letting them know that there's space for healing um, yeah. as well in our collective, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so beautiful. So when people are are doing this work, I know. So you have this um, this evolutionary leap um, option for people, and when they're when they're working through these like evolutionary steps within their own self, like what are some of the what are some of the shifts that you see in people doing this kind of work in terms of like how their lives change or the way they how they show up, how that's different. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, um, 
there's such a huge slew of responses and answers, but Mm -hmm. a lot of what happens in the programs is that people kind of come into, you know, the six week program is one thing, the two year program is another, but Mm -hmm. engaging in this work in different ways, people come into this place where they really begin to integrate and blossom into the fullness of who they are. We have these cohorts and they're really diverse in terms of skill set and applications. So we'll have people who come in who are teachers. We have people who come in who are entrepreneurs. We have people who come in who are doctors. We have people who come in who are, you know, they have all this wide range of applications. We have tech people. And what happens is they learn this kind of multidimensional way of perceiving and working in the world and engaging with people. And what tends to happen is when they go back as they integrate it and move it into their lives, they have so much more resiliency and stability in their own being and they begin to be leaders even if they already were in a Mm -hmm. new way. So, you know, we have people who worked at Apple or Google and bit by bit they would be given higher and higher managerial positions Mm -hmm. and, um, and would be asked to bring in, we had someone at Cisco and they got asked to bring in a whole coaching form you know, and yeah. um, yeah, And, you know, like things like that would happen in those realms. And we have someone else who started their own school for um, preschoolers and toddlers and she had been a Montessori teacher and now she's incorporating some of these other principles in the curriculum and the work and is really doing well with that. We have people who've been working with people with trauma um, in their practice with returning war vets and seeing amazing results really quickly um, in, in places that there wasn't that as they're learning how to use these skills and find resolution through them. So there's so many different applications and also, you know, I mean, this is where it starts getting kind of mystical and how do we claim these things? I wouldn't go around saying this is what this happened, but we've had um, several people who ended up being able to get pregnant when they were told that they couldn't and that that wouldn't happen. We've had people, um, there are lots of shifts in their relationships and in their family itself. And what I hear again and again is the level of empowerment that they didn't even know that this was possible. Like it's a whole different world than they thought could exist. Yeah. It's like, it um, wasn't even their field of vision. It wasn't even (laughs) in their field of vision. So it's really hard to talk about, you know, at the end of programs, I'll kind of say, okay, hey, like what, what would you tell yourself to, to tell you to come into this program that you would get? And they'll say the same things I said, but they're like, we had no idea what it meant though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like it wasn't in their language. didn't understand it. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah. 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 That's the thing about science is deep transformation. It's like, um, it's not even in your field of vision, like what's possible or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I talk a lot too, it's funny because I talk to a lot of my clients about, you know, they're often visionaries or entrepreneurs and, and that's one of the things I actually mention is like, you have this vision, but other people can't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really allowing ourselves to like, you know, honor the vision and like stay committed to the vision and. Um, you know, really allowing ourselves to, to believe in the vision so that we're the ones bringing it to life. We're the ones and birthing it, you know? Yeah. And there is a way that like, you know, our energetic capacity and our animal nature, I think is a lot more real than we kind of give credit to sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so when we really stand in our own vision, I think there's a way, you know, it's kind of abstract, but a lot of people will be like, how did you come to this program? Like, why did you choose to do this? And they're like, I don't know. I just felt it. Like I just knew. And so sometimes also trusting that knowing and trusting that other people can find that radiance when you are really living in your vision, when you're living it and embodying it and believing in it and moving with it, that there is a recognition that happens even when people, when there's not a linear um, capacity to understand. I mean, we still engage in those ways, but also that things are happening in all of these other layers, whether or not we're aware of it. 
yeah, like on the energetic, in the energetic realm, in the subconscious, like, yeah. yeah, people are drawn to, to that, you know? Um, and I think that's, you know, often, you know, that's what people are drawn to your work for, you know, it's like, they don't, they find themselves there. They have no idea how they got there. Yeah. <laughs> It happens a lot. <laughs> it's like I landed on your website and I have no idea like how I got here. Yeah. But it's just when the energy of something is so strong, um, you know, it's like when we energy will match our when we believe in something, it's, it's not even it's and it's belief from experience, right? From direct experience. Like when we've been yeah. through this work for so many years, like what I mean, we've been I mean, I've been working this work for decades as well, and it's like after decades of seeing, of, you know, using this material, you know, um, cause I come from a Chinese, I'm an acupuncturist as well, but I, I come mm -hmm. from a Chinese medicine and, you know, Reiki and, um, a lot of more of the esoteric Chinese medicine practices, mm -hmm. um, from pre, um, free, pre communist China. And so I, I love, I just want to say, I love that, you know, that distinction and that you, um, address it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I was trained, I was trained in classical um, Chinese mm -hmm. medicine, like the pre-TCM kind of mm -hmm. lineages. Mm -hmm. And um, in addition to, you know, what you have to learn for the, you know, US boards, but um, it's just interesting because it's like you see this after so long, there's this idea in, in yoga, you know, you know, probably know this word, the word shraddha, which means faith, but it doesn't mean like the Western concept of faith. It's like this faith born of experience. So it's like trusting mm -hmm. your own direct experience. Um, and really, um, and that's, I think, sometimes really challenging for people is to trust their own experience, right? And so what I love about these practices that you offer is that you're giving people this opportunity to really trust their own energy, integrate their own energy, and then whatever they end up doing with it, it's like it becomes a magnet for whatever it is they're creating or whatever it is their work is because they're able to trust their own self and their own energy and their own experiences in the world, you know? Yeah, I mean, all these traditional practices that we study and we learn and are trained in came from people trusting their own direct experience and then kind of codifying it in some way and passing it along. And a lot of them were oral traditions, you know, and direct experience again was, and they were all pointing us and leading us towards greater direct experience. And so much has happened that we've been, you know, politically and culturally severed from that, all of us in our different lines and lineages. And so reconnecting to what we really know is true and using these practices as ways to direct us towards our own knowing is really, I think, what it's all about. And it's so empowering and that each of us does have a unique individual expression and understanding that's so important for the whole. Yeah, because um, in, our, in our culture, you know, we're so much looking at something that's external and outside of us to find validation or, or meaning or direction and it's good to have that engagement but it's so important for us to really begin owning what we actually are experiencing and knowing and I love that idea of faith that's grounded in direct experience and mm -hmm. I think that's something that that we you know as 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 teachers and I really hear it and feel it in you so much that's why I value so much of what you bring and offer is just this embodied knowing of that becomes this you know there's no question there's not a doubt and mm -hmm. that becomes something that we can extend to our students. And that is really um, so helpful, mm -hmm. especially in the early phases when people are first beginning a practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. And it gives people just a sense of like, like getting their life back, <laughs> you know, like that's uh -huh. what I hear a lot from people. It's like, oh, like, because they had been outsourcing like their mm -hmm. 
they've been outsourcing decision making. They've been outsourcing, you know, letting other people make decisions and choices for them for so long. It's like, how do we start to learn to do that again? And it's through trusting our own experience and and doing like this kind of work where you're starting to really, yeah, reintegrate your own energy and get in touch with your own energetic self so that you get to show up like fully confident in, in your own self, you know? Yeah, I think it even yeah. comes down to like really knowing and reclaiming what we actually really want. You know, I think there's a way that even our desires have been co-opted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I hear all the time from people, people are like, well, I don't even know what I want. Like, I don't even know mm-hmm. what movies I like. Mm-hmm. I don't even know, like, you know, I, you know, it's like things like even to that degree when people, especially when they've like kind of been in this relationship for so long where they've kind of merged to such a degree that they, they, they've lost that sense of self, you know, it's like, I mean, it's really this whole new, you know, getting to know the self and like, yeah, what, what do you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What do you want? Yeah. Oh my God. So I could talk to you for hours. (laughs) So great to chat with you. And so if people are, are curious about, about your work and you know, how, how do they get in touch with you? So where's the best place for them to go? Uh, The best place is probably the website, which is Mm -hmm. centarasystem.com. And, um, and also I'm on Instagram and Facebook, the Centara system on Facebook. And we have a Facebook group that there's live stream meditations weekly and, um, other little fun things in there and, um, conversation, deep conversation going on and also on Instagram. That's Centara system. Yeah. Yeah, I'll make sure all that is is linked for you guys in the show notes. So you'll, you'll see all that. Um, and the Facebook group is a great way to also to, to kind of get an idea of, um, of the community that you have and yeah, those meditations and, and, um, all that she offers. It's a great place to, to see all that. And we'll make sure that everything is linked for you guys in the show notes. And then, um, well, it's just been so great talking to you. I can't wait to have you on the show again. (laughs) Yeah. Super fun for me too. I really love connecting. Well, have a great day. Thank you again for being here and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds wonderful. Thank you again so much for joining us here on the Rock Your Purpose podcast. I'm hoping and I know that you have been inspired by this conversation. So Gatanjali is such an inspiring presence and I do encourage you to find her wherever you can. She has the Centara Facebook group and I'll put the link to that in the show notes. I'll also link you to her Instagram and you know her Evolutionary Leap course, um, all of the amazing things that she has going on follow her stay in touch stay connected and again this space of up leveling our energy connecting to our energy helps us you know do the work in the world that we're called to do so i'm so excited to have her here and i would love to hear from you you know post in the show note comments or you know, tag us on Instagram. What was your biggest takeaway from this episode? Like what was the one thing that you really inspired you or, um, you know, was something that you felt like you could apply immediately to your life or your vision for your life? We would love to hear. So don't forget to tag us in Instagram at Centara System is her Instagram handle. And you can tag me at emilyperry.co. And you can also tag at Rock Your Purpose. We have a new Instagram. So you can tag us there. And I would love to hear from you. And until next time, thank you so much for being here. 
Again, you can always head to emilyperry.com and find out all the things that are happening with me. I've got yoga teacher trainings at the 300 hour and 200 hour level, upcoming live workshops with me really diving into the Rock Your Purpose content in a real visceral way, super powerful, and so much more. So head over to emilyperry.com and I will see you in the flow. Take care. Be well.